Blog Talk Radio. So, what's the point of starting on time? <laughs> two of us showed up, and it was the two important ones. But we don't have anybody to back us up. So, if one of us falters, we're just, <laughs> just gonna, it'll just stop. We're really having problems with secondary blogging right now. How you doing? Pretty good. I uh, got work done. Uh, I put together, uh, well, put together part of a barbecue. I got a new smoker for my birthday, so very excited about that. It's half put together right now. It doesn't have a lid, so it's um, kind of useless right now because smoking yeah, requires smoke stuff. Like yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but no, uh, it's uh, it's been going well. I've I completely blocked out what happened last night. How about you? How was your day? Uh, it was just a, a long, long day with full of boring work-related stories and people stopping by to tell me other boring work-related stories while I was at work and then yeah. shopping. Work-related stories at work are, are really kind of the worst. Yeah, I freaking hate that. You go to lunch and everybody just wants to talk about work. I'm like, I'm, this is my break, assholes. Yeah. This is why I work hey, How do you feel about the... Oh, yeah, you don't have to deal with that at all. No, I don't. I can ignore everybody and everything until I have to pick up my poopy kids from school and then they want to talk to me. About work. <laughs> About work, yeah. Hey, what's your, how's your day going? How's that spreadsheet coming? You getting to work yet? You're a, you're 16 months old. How do you know all these things? <laughs> they understand the importance of it. They know, they know your sacrifice. Yeah. Hi, Tyler. How's it going, guys? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I've been better. I know why we're here. Hard day. Well, who cares about my day? I just I know why we're here. I know what we're going to talk about. It's going to be bad. Yeah, we're here because we couldn't do this last night. Um, that that would not have been a good idea. I I, I enjoyed the email from Jeff that said, uh, "Hey, we're going to push this off till tomorrow because fuck this shit." That was the end of the email. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm actually glad because I thought to myself, you know, the only reason I'm actually even still watching, I think when it was at 5-1, when that goal happened, I thought I really could be spending my time doing something that didn't make me want to kick my dog. So 
But I thought, well, we're podcasting. I mean, maybe something will happen at the end of the game. Like, uh, you know, Daniel Alfredson's, like, he'll start making out with Spets at center ice or something, you know, because he misses him so much. Or something weird would happen, and I would have to talk about it, and I I didn't want to be unprepared. Makes sense. I was really hoping for one of those, yeah, garbage goals kind of. Momentum and I was hoping that would be from Alfredson. Yeah, the next game against the Rangers, which they're two and six, so looking forward to that one. Graham, how do you feel about the fact that was there a fifty-fifty chance that uh, that you share a birthday with uh, Liv Erickson? I uh, I feel good about it. Um, I also was a, a late bloomer, so uh, I think that uh, I mean I've seen his hair. So that should be no issue. And it's a girl, so women tend not to go bald. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it would be a good day for uh, for her to share a birthday with me because we also share a birthday with Mickey Mantle, who could drink like nobody's business. So being Swedish <laughs> and uh, related to a hockey player, I mean, that, that drinking ability will probably come in handy, especially if she ever reads the comments about her father's playing career. Yeah, she'd be like 15, reading back in like 2010 comments, and wow, people hated my dad. Yeah. She's going to be dead. judging on him, and I've never seen his wife. She's probably going to be an attractive girl when she grows up. And yeah, I was once she hits, actually just once she hits 18, she will be extremely attractive. <laughs> not before that. Not a not a day before. I actually was was telling my wife the story about how he named his daughter Liv after uh, Stefan Liv. And uh, I hadn't said it out loud yet, and I, I choked myself up while I was doing it. And uh, so my wife laughed at me, of course. I, I actually, I told, I told my wife the same thing. I, I told her the, I didn't, I had heard it a, a number of times by that point, so I didn't, it didn't quite have that same impact on me. But I was, I mean, it's, it's a great tribute to a, a close friend. And um, she looked, my wife looked at me and said, are you going to cry now? I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, not now. But whatever. I'm the heartless one too. So, figure that out. Makes sense. Yeah. Jeff, are you there? Hi. Oh, please come host this thing. <laughs> what I miss? You're on uh, mute. Lots uh, of beautiful stuff. Yeah. I heard that JJ's a pussy because he was crying. But other than that, wow, wow, that probably would have been cut out in the old system. Jeff, <laughs> 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 well, if you said that on Twitter, I'd I'd have so much fun with you. Yeah, I don't know. I got no segue here, but hey. Four straight wins by the Wings, followed by three straight losses. Uh, that sucks. They're very inconsistent. Is this going to be the norm for this team? I throw that out there. Uh, really high, uh, really low lows. A roller coaster of a, of a season. Probably. I mean, isn't that every regular season? Really. You know, last year was so 
condensed that you didn't really have time to to worry too much because they played every other night essentially. So this year you get those days off and you kind of sit and stew about losses and you kind of reminisce about the wins. But I don't know, they're they're probably about what I would expect 11 games in with all the changes they made. They're 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 great at on some nights. They're not very good on other nights, and they're a middle of the pack team. I don't think I was expecting too much more from them quite yet until they started gelling. Tyler, yeah, I'd have to expect pretty much the same from. Uh, it's it's hard to say, or it sounds harsh to say. You expect this, you know when they get six wins and and five losses just because of this, you know it's pretty much the same team as last year um sorry I'm looking at Stephen Weiss's face right now, and it's kind of hard to put any <laughs> string of words together but yeah i don't you know i I feared from the onset that they were gonna struggle to score goals, and uh you know i tweeted during the game, I really didn't really give a shit about the six goals they gave up. Um, wouldn't be worried for one second about Jimmy Howard just because he gave up three goals on eight shots. That doesn't worry me in the long run. I think he's put up a, a sturdy enough sample size of uh, you know four solid seasons where you don't have to worry about him after one off game. Um, but it's going to be a struggle to score goals. I think they were 18th or 19th last year, and you're putting out pretty much the same team that's that's a year older, and you're not letting your young guys play. Jeff? Yeah, I'm trying to. Figure, I was trying to remember. Did Graham answer first, or did JJ answer first? <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> you're really I actually answered first, but I mean, I pretty sure anybody can jump in with thoughts if they had any, Jeff. No, I don't have any thoughts. It's all Brendan Smith's fault. Uh, I, you know, I agree. I, well, I was going to say, I mean, I'm I'm right there. I mean, you think about since they went up 2 nothing on Phoenix in essentially three games, because they went up 2 nothing what, halfway through the first period of that game? Since then, yeah, they've been early. on the board 11-1. to Like eight and, periods of hockey. You know, yeah. Eight and eight and a bit because you had the overtime too. So um, that's that's the concerning part is that they've just they've given up a lot of goals, but they like Tyler said they haven't scored. They've scored one goal in almost three games, really almost. So yeah, that's uh, that's cause for and the the thing I'm seeing is that if it's not the top line scoring, they're in they're in trouble. They, they're, they're generating no offense, really, from the bottom six. And the second line is not doing a whole lot. I remember a yeah, stretch a during, the, during the game yesterday. It was during the second period. I remember a stretch. I, I, I can't remember who's on the ice now. As you know, my grandma blocked out a lot of the game. But it was it was a really good shift for both teams, I thought. I remember Ablocator was on the ice. But it was just it was a really hard-fought shift mainly in the Ottawa zone. Puck was being cycled a few times and behind the net. They were working like dogs at that point. I mean, they were the effort was all there, and it just it didn't even result in a shot. Um, I just thought, man, you know, just 
see, it's still an adjustment even from last year. Um, yeah, they ended up having a nice run, getting the game away from, from the final four, but uh, it's largely the same feel of everything with, with the way things were last year and how, how much of a struggle getting points would be. And I just remember thinking during that shift, man, you know, these guys just have waves and waves and waves of depth, and now they have to just fight, scratch, and claw for for every little goal, it seems. And it's, it's, that's the way it's going to be if Datsuk and Zetterberg aren't putting up goals, and they're just they're not going to every game. Yeah, I didn't figure we would have as much of a problem scoring goals. Like, I didn't think that we were going to light the league up. I, I didn't think that we were going to, like, run with the Maple Leafs as far as how many goals they put up. Um, and I did expect that there would be uh, a period where it would take, like, Stephen Weiss a little bit to get used to the system and a period where maybe Alfredson was just working hard but maybe not getting the, the luck. Uh, I expected more out of Franzen. Um I did not expect that 11 games in, Todd Bertuzzi would be our third leader in goal scorer. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I, They are still doing things generally right, but I, I think they are going to have to go back to the kind of playing the way they played against the Sharks, and that was you know all defense first and just try to get scoring chances where you can. Um limit shots for both teams, and I, I don't want the Red Wings to have to play boring hockey, but until until they get that second line going and until they get the right players up on the third line, um, that may be the way it has to go. And with that, it's just – it's I think that we're, we're still better than, than a middling team. Um, I, I think that this team right now is not going to look very close to what it's going to look like in a few months. It's just I'm just fucking tired of waiting. I'm – Tired of waiting for uh, Nyquist to get up, and I'm tired of waiting for Tatar to get enough actual playing time to be to be useful. So, but there's there's nothing I can do, and we're all caught in this stupid fucking loop where it's just wait for Ken Holland to make the moves that it's going to take to to make shit happen. Oh, Jeff got back up. You know, I, I was as I was watching last night. Outside of the top line, which they really seemed to get pretty bottled up, um, Ottawa had obviously made the decision that they were going to stop Datsuk and Zetterberg from beating them and make the rest of the team beat them, and clearly that wasn't going to happen. So, um, the, the, Actually, one of the players that I noticed quite a bit in terms of just the overall effort and uh, attempts to generate office was Tatar. I thought he actually played a... Uh, an energetic game last night, even if he wasn't very successful in in generating too much offense. And I thought, oh, boy, I you know it's six one. I mean, you're not going to come back and win here. Play Tatar more. Put Tatar up. Move him up a little bit. Reward him for playing a nice game. Come on, do something. Like just you know, he looks like one of the best forwards out there when he's out there. So yeah, just waiting for him to get more of a shot at doing something because God love him. Dan Cleary is, I, I don't want to see a lot of him anymore because he's just not doing anything five on five. So I would say at this point, let's see what Tatar can do in that place. And, you know, with that ice time, move Cleary down a little bit and let him do his thing that he can still do on the fourth line. 
How much of a, a total shakeup do you think the the roster should get? I don't think it needs to be massive. Um, I've always thought that there's just a little bit of dead weight that just needs to be cleared out. And Cleary was one of them. I mean, you know, when they re-signed him, I thought, okay, I guess that's the thing that we're doing. So, I mean, obviously the, the, the name that everybody points to is Samuelson. And I think it's pretty obvious that Samuelson is not in their plans because he doesn't play ever. I mean, look at last night. The target's called up, and he plays ahead of Samuelson. The only game I've seen Samuelson play in the last two weeks was the game when Cronwall was hurt and they needed a point man on the power play. And I don't even think he played that much that I can recall. So the downside is to get rid of him. I mean, he's got he's got a no trade, so you can't just do it. And I think they just need to make the roster a little leaner, I guess. Maybe a little, bring in some of the younger guys, clear out the older guys, bring in the young guys, and maybe it can inject some some energy into the lineup. They should just to make that one commercial more truthful. They're <laughs> Bob Babcock's talking about the younger guys. Do you it's, think it's, impo- could... it's impossible to watch that thing and just not just groan or mute it or throw something. Like, can you imagine Nyquist sees that commercial? Like he's on the road, <laughs> you know, and he he sees the commercial and he's like, he just like he just he doesn't even get angry. He just puts his head down in like and and frowns, <laughs> like whatever, Mike, whatever. I would I would pay literal money to see his reaction to that commercial. <laughs> I love that half of the highlights of that commercial are Brendan Smith. Yeah, Brendan Smith hitting people. Yeah, hitting people. That's right. it. So, I he, think in the uh, last like three games, Thomas Tatar actually does have the best, like the biggest hit, out of anybody not named Tutu. Because he threw a pretty big check yesterday. I don't even remember every, who he hit. Every Tutu hits a charge anyway. So <laughs> I agree. He leaves his feet, elbows people. Skates no, from. I think that uh, that you're right. Uh, Tatar last night. He did look a lot more like he played uh, pretty physical. I mean, he was rubbing people out on the boards and uh, a little bit more in control of the the stick than he than he had been. Like, because uh, I thought in the first game and even a little bit in the Sharks game, he he kind of had that uh, something that Bronson's been doing the last couple of games where he would skate and he he looks really good for about thirty feet and then he drops the puck or somebody knocks it off his stick with a a super easy poke check and uh, you know you you have to restart, but. He's been fighting hard to get it back, so. And I don't know. Uh, bring it back to Samuelson. I, I'm part of me just wants to to think that they're trying to break him of his no trade clause. They're just trying to get him to demand a trade because even when he's in, like he doesn't look like Samuelson anyway. Like obviously he's gotten slower, but he he doesn't look mean at all anymore. And that's that's what he still had going for him in the few games that he played last year, and that's what he. He at least promised to bring, but um, on the fourth line, he just he looks disinterested. And I hate saying that about players because I think that it's a it's a bullshit cop out to say that that anybody outside of Franzen who's consistently proven that he that he does or that he's not interested. Um, I think it's bullshit to say about them, but that's that's what it looks like with Samuel. No. 
I don't I don't think it's bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit when you have loads of contacts to put it within. And I mean the guy's being paid three million dollars to be a paperweight, essentially. Whether he's you know, it's his own doing or not, you can talk about that either way. I think it's only natural that some you know, whatever remaining sting he has that he can provide is only gonna kind of evaporate as he's sitting in the press box not getting any time he's getting paid fairly handsomely to do it. Yeah, you think, I mean, if he's if he's that anxious to play and everything, I mean, I don't know, maybe it would just be me. When I did play, and I didn't play at any sort of extremely high level, but, you know, when I did play sports and it was a case of I was, uh, you know, fighting for a spot or fighting for ice time or playing time or whatever it was, I mean, when I got the opportunity, I went, to, like, I mean, I gave it literally everything I had because, you know, if if all I can do is just work hard and show the coach that, hey, I'm going to do the absolute best I can and show you that, you know, I want to be in the lineup and I want to contribute, then I'll do literally whatever it takes. And um, you don't see that from Samuelson. And maybe he just maybe he just doesn't have that left. It's just gone. He's he's completely devoid of anything beyond, you know, like rascal speed and. Uh, <laughs> With that same t- and the, with the, the tenacity to go with it, so I don't know. But the problem is, who do you who do you send them to? Like, he, who's going to take them? Florida. Oh, I think they've been down that road once before. I mean, you're looking at a team that is having trouble scoring and is getting no secondary scoring, and they're shopping a a thirty six, thirty seven year old forward who can play on the power play conceivably and can score goals conceivably. And, you know, like they would be, they're over a barrel with it because they can't, they can't give him away for nothing because he gets to prove where he goes. So can't send him to Florida. Maybe uh, that's something that he's trying to get him to demand a trade. Yeah. Maybe they're maybe. trying to get him to run off to the KHL and go play with Mike Commodore and they can, both together, bitch about how awful Mike Babcock is. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that when Samuelson's days are done in, in Detroit, I think he's going to spout off at the mouth about some, something about Babcock. I think he's just got that in him. But, I mean, he, he said that about his own Olympic selection committee. He told them to go fuck themselves. So I can't imagine that after all is said and done here in Detroit that he's going to be super happy about how everything went down. Yeah, I agree. In part, the thing is that if we're not going to score, right? Yeah. Well, it's Brandon Smith's fault. Right. Naturally. If the, if the Wings are going to have trouble scoring and they're going to have trouble winning games, um, it's obvious. You just you want the kids to be going through that struggle, then you want Tatar and Nyquist in there while they're figuring shit out, because you expect them at some point to actually figure that that out and improve. But essentially, if Cleary and Samuelson and Bertuzzi, if those guys aren't always at their best, I mean, you know, they're not getting any better. So if what they're providing at any given point isn't good enough, then give somebody else a chance. I don't know if you guys touched fairness, on this. I wouldn't bench Cleary. You don't Just know saying, what? I don't know if you guys touched on this while I had to step up for a moment, but do you think if you have more of the kids playing in the lineup, 
that it will fix the whole not starting on time issue that this team has seemed to have for the last how many years? Three years, four years since they last won a cup? I think it could, but I don't think that's going to just completely fix every problem. It could just, could just create you more problems. Like they start with some jump, but then there's a lot of those growing pain mistakes that lead to early goals and you end up with kind of the same result. But at least it would look different, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would be starting on I mean, time. It would just be starting in the, the wrong gear. If if, yeah. if if you had that balance, a more of a balance of young guys and older guys, the young kids could set the tone early, and they could start on time, get things going, and then the old guys can slowly get there and finish. It's a perfect plan. Right, yeah, that's the potential. But what Tyler was just saying is that they could get started, they could run immediately out of position and get scored on, and then we're from behind just like we were, just like we didn't start on time. That's the the opposite side of that coin. Well, I like my side of the coin. Hmm. Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Speaking of strategies, signing Stephen Weiss to be that second-line center so you can put Datsuk and Zetterberg to together. That strategy has not worked very well so far. Uh, you know, Weiss hasn't been great. We've seen guys, you know, Hoodler's got a point in every game. is doing well down in Tampa. Bruner's missed some time, but at least, you know, he wouldn't have been a second-line center, but he's a guy they lost when they brought in Weiss. He's done okay in New Jersey. Uh, is it time to really worry about Stephen Weiss yet? Eleven games in, and he played what nine games last year, two games last year. No. Yeah, yeah no, it's <clears throat> it's not not yet. I mean, he's learning a brand new system. He's uh, he was hurt last year. You know, it's I wouldn't worry too too much about it. If we're at Thirty, forty games. For, you know, we're hitting the halfway point of the season, and we're still seeing this. Then, yeah, then we'll start to worry about it. But now, no. Hey, whoever's breathing into their mic really loudly, stop doing that. Yeah, that. That's <laughs> all Okay, now we, now we all know what it sounds like. Good job. <laughs> no, I like the plan to kind of take some offensive pressure on him and just get him used to playing. Uh, better defense. I I like moving him down to the third line center right now, um, or perhaps if Winhelm comes back, even let him letting him play second line center, but just telling him, "Hey, calm down," because yeah, it would, you don't really start to look at, at a team until the twenty game mark. So obviously he's got he's got time. Um, by twenty games, I want him to look. Him, I want him to look like he's really starting to get it. And by half season, yeah, the, the mental mistakes need to be few and far between. Um, but right now, I'm I'm worried that he didn't immediately jump in and he's not, like, immediately Superman, but I'm not terrified of, of that. It's it's an adjustment process, and, and everybody goes through it. I agree. I totally agree. I concur with your statement, JJ. 
would you say you're still fine with the option of going the Weiss route and taking the, I don't want to say risk. I mean, he's, he's pretty much a proven commodity. You knew what he was before the injury last year, but still you're paying a UFA price for him. It's a new system, new guy, new everything, as opposed to the Philpola route. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I was just kind of done with Philpola. And I, I, even as well as he started down in Tampa, I don't think he sustains that, sustains that all year long. And I don't think he would be doing what he did, what he's done so far in Tampa. He wouldn't be doing that in Detroit. I'd almost guarantee that if it was possible to do. So, I don't I think would, I don't think it was going to be possible for Phil to get fair shake in Detroit anymore. Um, honestly, if if we can make the trade right now. I don't know. Maybe I would take Phil Pola back. I, I probably would have taken him in free agency at five million per. Um, I don't think that he was. I don't think that he was necessarily asking five million per from from Ken Holland, or Holland was just trying to get him to to go with the the hometown discount. And when he refused, okay, it, it just happened the way it did. So, eh, whatever. I wish the guy all the dislike in the world because he's on, he doesn't play for the Red Wings anymore. I mean, I don't hate him, but I don't want him to do well. Fuck him. I agree. Thanks, Jeff. Got my back. No problem. I got your back. But speaking of not having people's back, uh, nobody than me, other than me and Tyler, seemed to have Brendan Smith's back. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Shut the, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> And JJ. Do you have any idea what the hell I spent the last two periods doing last night? That's all he was doing. Same guy. Uh, the the Brandon Smith hate is it's it's at an all time high. Uh, how much of this is actually deserved? How much of it is an overreaction? I mean, it took forever for Erickson and Kendall to quote get it on the ice. I mean. It, not every defenseman steps right in at the young age of anywhere from 20 to 24, 25, and just turns into Nick Lidstrom. Like, even Cronwall wasn't, you know, the greatest his first year. I mean, the Kaiser's kind of the – has shown you it's possible, but not every defenseman is like that. I mean, just – are, are people just getting on them because they need someone to bitch about? I mean, some of it's warranted, I know, but – there's got to be a fine. No, line. they have, they absolutely do, and that's I, I don't need, I don't even think it's people really realizing. That's, that sounds really pretentious, like, but whatever. Uh, I I just think there has to be that lebda void, <coughs> excuse me, that just gets filled, and uh, people just have to latch onto somebody that they hate. You know, Quincy wasn't sucking bad enough. He didn't, you know, his mistakes didn't look like they were just completely on fire. So he had to move on to the, the guy who closest resembled that. And what sucks for Brendan Smith is guys like that just at 21, 22, 23 are already all-star defensemen or Norris candidates. And it'd be cool if one of our guys stepped into the into the lineup and provided that same thing, but when it doesn't, 
especially for defensemen too. There's such there's such a backlash for for defensemen when they make a mistake because they're they're at their best when they're just not making any mistakes and you're not even really thinking about them. So when something like last night happens and Brennan Smith is actually trying to do something positive, if he scored or you know created a goal on that pinch, then or if it was anybody else, I mean that would have been the greatest. Thing. He would have just been praised for his offensive instincts and all. You know, you, you know nobody else. You know, how many other guys are going to actually think of doing that? And instead, it turns into a, a goal going the other way. So it's kind of unfortunate for him, but I, it's it's really an all or nothing as far as praise or being absolute shat upon as far as uh, defensemen go. And Brendan Smith's kind of that guy right now. And I mean the the spectacle, the fourth one, the other, like he did pinch earlier in that shift. And I mean they're down. He's trying to make something happen. I get his reasoning behind it. And I don't know if everyone out there is blaming him for that goal, but it's like Cronwall and Datsuk were right there as well and did nothing as well to stop Spezza. So, but I, I can tell you one person is blaming him for that goal. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? No, Aaron? he absolutely he did, he did the right play on that. He he drove down the middle of the ice. He created a scoring chance that if the pass from Zetterberg to Bertuzzi on the back door had been like half a second sooner or Bertuzzi had just been a little bit quicker, that's a goal for the Red Wings. And instead, they turn it back the other way. Uh, Brennan Smith is back-checking, but Datsuk is covering that lane. Um, the shot comes off the board weird. It's Cronwall's responsibility to tie up that stick in front as Datsuk lets Spetzel walk right by him. Um, Smith's job is to be in that lane. I mean, if he charges in after after Spetzel to get there, he's actually out of position. So it's one of those those things. It's just like you look for for whoever is kind of nearby when the goal gets scored, and Smith was nearby. But um, it's like Tyler said, he's he absolutely he's not good. I mean, I, I don't want to say. That right. He's been horrible. Smith is doing right. things well. I mean, objectively, he's officially a minus nine, which is worse than the team. Um, adjusted out to minus twelve, which is by far worse than the team. Um, so I mean, he's he's not a, a savior, but when he does, when he does shit well, I think he he doesn't get credit for it. And when he does shit that other guys do the same or worse, I think he gets more blame. Where where the other guys, it's, oh, well, you know, it, that'll happen. Like, especially in the, the San Jose game where uh, Kindle had, I mean, he led the team in ice, in ice time, so he was he was obviously being being led upon a lot. But uh, Kindle had four, like, really bad turnovers. And if any one of those turned into a goal for the Sharks, that's game over, and it's all fucking Kindle's fault. But, uh, oh, well, he you know, that's, that's the way it is with, with him. Um the Kaiser had a turnover that led directly to a goal, not not even indirectly. I mean, it was specifically a goal that was caused by a DeKaiser turnover, but, uh, you know, he's he's still essentially the second coming of Woodstrom. So I just think that it's a, there's a lot of uh, just a lot of bullshit blaming going on. And it's, it's a lot easier to, to just blame one guy and, and to hate on him, especially – when Brennan Smith last got benched, he essentially told the press, well, "I don't know why. I, I, I've been doing, I've been doing pretty well. I, I don't really see the goals that I've been that I've been on the ice for were my fault." And he was actually pretty. He was right there, 
but that's just something you're not supposed to say. Um, you're not supposed to say you're not you, you're supposed to be, be the humble guys. Oh well, yeah, I guess I'm just gonna have to play better or whatever. You're you're not. So I, I think that a lot of the the shit that's haunted him since since his college days, when he really was known as as more of a, a cocky a cocky asshole, uh, still kind of haunts him. And so he's he's always gonna be that kind of punk kid to to a lot of people and. Ultimately, when it comes down to I, I don't know what I've been doing wrong or why I've been benched, that's kind of a question for for Babcock more than for Brendan Smith. Hmm. Graham, I just cut his head off and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's played sixty-nine games in his life, including in the NHL. Including playoffs. Fourteen of them were in the playoffs last year, which I he actually he wasn't great in the playoffs, but you know, whatever. I mean it's different. Made things happen. Play, look, when you play seven games against the clear best team in the league, you know what? I mean, not many not many rookie defensemen are gonna look good in that situation. So um he does need to be better than he's been, but he's He's still learning. I mean, it's. I, I think we just have to remember that. I don't know what people are supposed to expect. I mean, yeah, he spent a lot of time in Grand Rapids, and that's great because that's what the Wings do, and they overdevelop. But defense is the hardest position to learn. I mean, how many times do we hear that? And, uh, you know, what's the, the standard saying is that it takes, what, two or three seasons before – you know, a guy kind of really can settle into a role. I mean, it's what we saw with Erickson. It took and him Kindle. That long. Kindle, it's the same thing. So, you know, it's like Tyler says. They just, it, we, the Red Wing fans need a guy to dump on. Smith is a, a very easy target to to hate on because Erickson has gotten better. Kindle has gotten better. So you can't really hate. It's not, it's not cool to hate on Erickson anymore because he's actually – good and he's important to the team and Kindle has developed an offensive part of his game which has come in handy and is you know is improving if that's the one thing about Smith if he had like the offense to offset some of the defensive miscues that he has made then you could say oh, you know he'll learn whatever um but he's just like he's just not doing much of anything well in either end. So, you know, you look at a guy like Lashoff, all right, Lashoff's not going to score ever again, probably. That's my hunch. Uh, but he's, you know, fairly dependable in his own end. Probably not going to worry about him making a, a huge mistake or anything. But he gets that, that the benefit of that doubt because, well, he's a rookie. You know, Smith is technically a rookie still. So let's kind of keep that in the back of our minds and, you know, just remember that as we go forward. It's the same thing with him as with Weiss. If we hit the 30 and 40 game mark and Smith isn't showing signs of improvement, that's at that point I'm going to start to worry because he'll have passed that magical full game, you know, full season mark in his career. But, you know, halfway through a season – you really should not be making the same mistakes over and over and over again. That's, you know, you should. We should be starting to see him learning, and developing and becoming better. So, um, 
I, personally, I think they should continue to do what they're doing. Play him on the second pairing. You know, don't shelter him because he's not going to get better being sheltered. Well, he played with Cromwell last night. Right. That's exactly it. And when Erickson comes back, put him back with Quincy on that second pairing. Because I I know people, everybody hates Quincy and everybody hates Smith and everybody freaks out when they're on the ice. But that's what Smith needs in order to get better. Because if you throw him on the third pairing and you don't let him play against the better players, you're never going to know if he's going to turn into a, a quality NHL defenseman or not. It's like it's like coddling him, you know. It's like with your kids. So, I I think DeKaiser has passed him on the depth chart in terms of ability, but that's not an indictment of Smith. That's praise for DeKaiser and just how strong he's been in his limited amount of time. Even when he he still makes mistakes because he's going to, but that's fine. But yeah, yeah, I will say that I. I mentioned the DeKaiser mistake yesterday, but I, he really has been good um, overall, and he looks—he does look way better than than Smith is. Um, although I'm not sure I would put him back with Quincy, just because I'm starting to think that Kyle Quincy and Brendan Smith is just not a good match. Every time you separate them, Quincy seems to play pretty well. Um, just there's something about the two of them together that makes them them both worse. My question about the the scapegoating thing is, is is Smith ever going to get a fair chance until, or are we going to have to get, like, a replacement scapegoat for him? Like, are people going to come around him on Erickson, or is it going to have to, is it going to be like somebody else has to come in and we hate somebody else, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we don't hate Smith so much anymore. That's what feels like yeah. what's happening with Quincy, too. Is like people don't hate Quincy as much because they're so busy hating Smith. Right. So they I switch see. from... Unless someone else comes in or Smith magically flips a switch and is awesome, it's it's his. It's his title. It's like it's forward. I mean, last year, everybody hated Samuelson, and then he got hurt. You can't really hate a guy who's not playing. You can't say he's hurt. No, his team. you can. He's hurt. So, yeah, but you don't. You can't actively hate him during the game. Like, yep. when something bad That's on funny. the ice happens, you can't go, God damn, Samuelson, why didn't you, you know, stop that from the press box with your sniper rifle, you idiot? Terrible at everything, but so then everybody miss. started hating on Cleary, and you see that now. People will hate on a forward. I don't know who's really getting forward hate right now. Weiss yes. is too new, so nobody really hates Weiss yet. Cleary still gets. I actually the other day I saw a lot of hate for Cleary, and I'm like, he's a fourth line player. Are we really that upset about? I mean, he's he's a depth forward now. It's not like Cleary's playing with Datsuk and Abdulkader and we're tearing our hair going, uh, what? And he's so, not making the money to be a top. No, and he, player, yeah, so. and he, took a, he took a discount to stay in Detroit. You have to respect that on some level. So, no, it, it'll happen. When, when the next young, good defenseman comes up in Detroit and is not a superstar after three games, we will declare him to be a giant bust and then we will go, Smith's actually not that bad compared, you know, to, we'll call him, we'll make up a fake defenseman, like his name will be like Brian Grohl. So, <laughs> you know, um, 
and that's what will happen. Well is we will hate this this uh, hypothetical Brian Grohl player because we heard about how great he was going to be, and then uh, we'll say, yeah, Smith's pretty good. I think this, the thing in Smith's favor is that he has it kind of an evident amount of tools that he you, you can see that he can kind of develop into. To whereas I think he can kind of crawl out of that hole himself, the hole of people just hating him, as opposed to somebody just even worse coming along and, and filling it for him. So, like you said, he hasn't even played 70 games yet. I think the only the frustrating thing, and hey, it's my own damn fault for looking at the internet while I'm watching a Red Wings game, and I'm looking at the what feels like the entirety of you know the Red Wings corner of the blogosphere is just the incredible number of people who who really just can't look at something objectively and it's just you know you go here just to just to completely light things on fire left and right so i i really think by the end of the year this this won't even really be a a conversation or maybe not the end of the year maybe maybe it would take you know a year and a half, two years from to really settle down. Long run, totally not worried about the guy. What if, what if, as JJ said earlier, he was a cocky a-hole in college, and then, you know, he finds out that he has a blog named after him, and that just inflates his ego even more. And and now he thinks he doesn't have to work hard, and it's all my fault. That's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a theory. That's, that's a, totally a thing that could be true that happened. <laughs> I don't know. Here, Brennan Here. Smith turns 25 in February. If we're still having this discussion by the time he turns 26, then I think you can start talking bust. And when I say, I and, and, and when I say when he turns 26, I don't mean he's Nick Lidstrom. He doesn't even have to be Nick Cromwell. But if he is 26 years old and he's not a solid just – at least a second pair defenseman, then then you can start going with the bust label. It's completely fair. You know, the thing is, and for all this defending of, of Smith, I'm doing there are Ulet um, was I'm sorry Ulet or however the hell that's pronounced. Uh, he was impressive in his one game. I mean, he was very sheltered, but he was impressive. Uh, Sproul looks uh, just about on his ready. Um, I called him Sproul on the broadcast. Okay. I, I've um, never heard Almquist that Almquist is, is running out of options. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it may be time to kind of put the, uh, you know, move it or lose it pressure on him that we'll trade your ass if you don't play better. Because I think part of, the, part of the issue is that he is trying to be too smart I think when he first came up, he was letting he, he was still making the kind of positional mistakes where he'd get himself caught. But he is a, a good enough skater to generally get back on those things. I think that he, and sometimes he's just he's trying not to do that, and he's ended up making other mistakes. So honestly, if it, if it comes down to trading him, whatever, I'm in for, I'm in favor of that. But if we want to look at we mentioned earlier, uh, underperforming forwards getting the ire of the fans. I think Samuelson is the easy one, but um, some guy I think one guy I think is kind of flying under the radar for for suckage lately 
is just an applicator. Because I get that it's not necessarily his job to put up points, and he got moved off the Datsuk Zetterberg line, and Babcock is like, oh, he's getting punished for this, and I don't know why. It's kind of unfortunate. But he really hasn't kick-started a line that he's been on in in many games. Um, he's not doing a lot out there. He's He's playing 15 minutes a night, three points in 11 games, one goal. That's not good enough. Uh, so I think that uh, – that he needs to take a little bit of a spotlight on him for as far as uh, moving the puck better. Well, do you, do you almost think like last season he just kind of caught lightning in a bottle with his with his work in that short season, and now it's like kind of yeah. like all right, maybe he is just a bottom six guy, and we are all kind of wrong. Lightning in a bottle is you mean? I mean that's Pavel Datsuk, right? Yes, if that's what you call lightning in a bottle. That'd be his new nickname. There we go. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm the same way. It's, I don't know what what maybe – were we expecting too much? Were we thinking – I mean, you know, if he was playing on the top line and was playing and had the same numbers, I think I'd be more concerned. But, I don't know, I think I'm just – the advocator for me, it's a he's as good as his line mates and not – better. He's not going to make a line better. He's going to be made better by his line mates. So if you don't put him with the best players in the team, he's probably not going to do a whole lot. He'll play physical and he'll kind of throw his body around and, you know, maybe do a couple of cool things. But I mean he needs he needs skill with him to create the chances that he's going to be able to capitalize on. I mean, even when he was on that top line, those guys were putting up points. So in some kind of retrospect, was he doing his job? Well, sure, before that all kind of fell apart. But, I was, yeah, I was talking about lately. Since he's been moved off the top line, he got moved down to the second line to kind of provide a spark, and he didn't. Um, I mean, he, he was ended playing with playing... one who was also trying to find his way, right? For a little bit there, before they moved Franz into center, a guy who normally doesn't play center. But so I, I don't know, just kind of playing devil's advocate here a little bit. I think what needs to happen more often is that applicator needs to have a stick on the ice in the ugly areas, and people need to throw more pucks at the net. That's that's what applicator is on the ice for. He's on the ice to have pucks bounced off of him and he's on the ice to collect loose pucks in front of the net and to take cross checks like Holmstrom did. And then um, when the puck isn't directly in front of the net, he's out there to hit people on the boards to get it back to the skilled guys. And I, I don't see that happening. And yes, part of the disconnect is I don't think that he's getting it to the skilled players. And part of it is I think the skilled players are trying to be a little bit too cute as far as getting pucks toward the front area of the ice. I mean, you watch other hockey games and you see a lot of teams that will throw a lot of pucks toward the middle of the ice. And I mean, it's not a a high percentage play, but it seems like the Red Wings are a little bit more content than other teams are to try to cycle around the boards a little bit much uh, without getting guys taking as many cuts through that center area um, for whatever reason. And that's specifically Advocator's job. And I just don't see that he's been doing it well enough lately. 
I agree. <laughs> I will also concur with that. Mm. Hey, you don't agree, Tyler? No, that was a agreeing. Mm. Oh. I was going to be like our first disagreement on air ever. Well, I mean, you guys did have, it wasn't on air, but you guys had a pretty big disagreement today on Twitter, I noticed. That's been on. Yeah, we could could talk about avocados if you'd like. Uh, I don't like avocados. I think they're disgusting. Wait, wait, who does like avocados? Just Tyler, apparently. I don't hate them. They have to be on something or part of something for me to eat them. I would never just eat, like, an avocado on its own. Well, I don't think anybody does. I've, I've seen, apparently people do that. I don't know why. I think it's they just want to do it so that they can say they did it and then they can feel healthy. And then they probably like guzzle a two liter of, of pop right after. I'm like, I ate an avocado, so I'm I'm really taking care of myself and then shoot up crack or something like that. But um, you know, if you slice it and put it on something and really hide you know, what it is, which is basically silly putty, then yeah, I'd eat it. <laughs> Harsh. Yeah, it's like a, it's one of the it's one of the greatest food compliments to to any meal. Yeah, I mean, you want a salad, you can go on a burger, you can go on a sandwich. I have guacamole. come around. I go. Yeah, I have come around to guacamole as a condiment, and uh, I think it's really just kind of it's it's very good. It's different than salsa, so it's nice. I like to mix things up, live on the wild side. <laughs> Just taste it, then. And I look kind of like a waxy, flavorless banana. And that's in the four minutes between it's just ripe enough and it's fucking ruined. <laughs> <laughs> There's the a most friend's temperamental fruit. There's a friend's episode where they get kicked out, uh, or they don't get kicked out, but they get kind of bullied out of the coffee house, and so they make their own cappuccino at home, and it's terrible, and so they have to keep stirring in order to keep it good and drink it really fast. That's exactly what I thought of when you talked about avocados because it really is. It's like one of those things that as soon as you open it up, it starts to get brown immediately. Yeah, you ruin it by starting to eat it. It's just gross. Every time I eat, every time I eat, I eat with a speed at which you know it's like I've never eaten before. So it, it I don't really encounter that problem. I'm a fast eater too, but I don't like being pressured by my food. <laughs> if I wanted to take it slower, I wanted to. I want to know that that what I'm going to eat is is going to taste the same on the sixth bite as on the first. So fuck you, avocados and uh, apples. You're you're on notice there too because you turn brown pretty quick. As I well. like apples. No, I, I like, like apples. Gra- Granny Smith apples. Probably the best kind of apple. Those are great. Also with peanut butter. Yeah. Ah, uh, no peanut butter. Just just by itself. No, with peanut butter. Everything is better with peanut butter. It's not true. You're telling me steak, filet yes. mignon, it is. peanut yeah. butter? It is. Have you ever tried I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. I don't even know if it's true or not. I'm going to say yes. Okay, are you, if you had a blow pop and you dipped it in like peanut pops, butter? Though. I don't like blow pops, so yeah, peanut butter would be better because then there would be a part of the blow pop that I would actually enjoy. A Slim Jim dipped in peanut butter. A 
Are you kidding? That'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. If you pe- can't see that that would be good, there's just no hope for you. You might as well just stop. A, a, a peanut butter Slurpee. Yeah. Yes. Peanut butter and Diet Coke. Sure, like a float. <laughs> but again, I don't care for Diet Coke, so the peanut butter would actually improve the flavor because I like peanut butter. There's a surprising number of people who don't like peanut butter and cheese. I don't get that. Peanut butter and cheese sandwiches are, are pretty good. I've had that. Same time? Yeah. I've never even thought okay. about that. I've never, I used to eat that. It yeah. crossed my mind to try that. I used to eat yeah, that. It's, it's pretty crunchy, good. Though. Yeah, it has, to, it has to be the right kind of cheese, though. You can't just throw anything you want on there. you got to experiment. What kind of cheese should it be? Uh, I used to just eat Kraft Singles with peanut butter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. As a, as a kid. I'm weirded out. I'm weirded by out because actually, you guys are like... My, my dad. Kind of, it, my daddy. As the three of you not talking about how old it is. Yeah, you shitty the game was yesterday. We're going to spend <laughs> 20 minutes talking about food. Now, let's be honest, though. We have spent an hour talking about hockey before this. So, at least almost an hour. So. Yeah, we made it pretty far. Yeah. I did schedule this podcast for 90 minutes if we want to use it all so oh cool i have other food opinions that i would be willing to share i had a peanut butter jelly sandwich today i don't like jelly what kind of jelly it's been a while. i don't know just kind of stuck my <laughs> knife in the jar and pulled my eyes. <laughs> now have you guys ever heard of it was refreshing it had been a while have you guys ever heard of like fluff uh, yeah, the uh, marshmallow fluff stuff. Yeah, I've never say, had it, but everyone at work swears that peanut butter and fluff is like the greatest thing ever. Would be it's like yeah, of yeah, course it would be. A fluffer nutter. You put bananas on that yeah. too. That's really good. Well, I I don't know. I have a lot. If you also have Nutella and don't mind putting three spreads on a sandwich, uh, that like that Nutella. is also Nutella is very. That good. is also a good mixture. It's like chocolate peanut butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife's grandmother taught her to put uh, grape jam on grilled cheese sandwiches, and that's the worst thing ever. Yeah, that sounds gross. Yeah, I, I tried it. I was like, I'm going to keep an open mind about this, and I got half a bite in and uh, disowned her. No. <laughs> I, my wife puts um, Miracle Whip on grilled cheese sandwiches and cooks it, like, on the inside. Hmm. And... Yeah, I thought that would be horrible. Bizarre stuff. I would try I just, that. I... I... Yeah, it's... It's a... It, it's not a bad taste. It's a weird taste. Like, I can't even describe it. You know how... You know how you think about food that you've tasted before in your life, and you're like, I, I know what this would taste like. It's... That's not the case with this. It was just... It was very different. I was very weirded out. Hmm. I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Are there any other thing. hockey things in the rundown? Hey, what do you guys think of the? Uh, I mean, I have Scott. I was just waiting. I was sitting on it until you guys were done. But John Scott's an idiot. Whatever. What's Whatever, Bruins Scott? fan. You're just mad because he hit your player. I. I'm not even gonna argue this. I'm not a Bruins fan. <laughs> it was a stupid play by John Scott. He has no point place in the league. 
whatever. People are hockey. There's dumb hockey players in this league, and they keep doing dumb shit. And you think eventually someone would just be like, "Hey, if we take the dumb hockey players out of the league, a lot of the, not all of it, but a lot of the dumb shit might stop." It's like <laughs> it's such a fucking novel concept that you think you put two to two and two together and you get four, but nope, whatever. Yeah, the problem is that John Scott is not actually a uh, a dirty player. But uh, you he's know a what I mean. Goon, but he's not. A, he's not a dirty player. So no, he's not going to get. That. Like people are talking. Oh, he should get twenty games. He's not going to get that. But if you don't have a I'm one not, I don't think player get double digits in the league. It, oh sure, and the the league should take care of teams. Put it. The the problem is that the Sabers pay John Scott to play for them. It's not John Scott, and I don't think punishing John Scott with a twenty game suspension is going to send any lesson other than well, don't be John Scott which doesn't fucking help. It doesn't say, hey, Duncan Keith, don't try this exact same play. It doesn't say, hey, Shane Doan, maybe you stop trying to do this shit. It just says, hey, don't fucking be John Scott. And I, I think that's a shitty message. And, and and what was it last week when Coletta got his 10 games and Steve Ott was like, oh, I don't think he did anything wrong. Like, the players are just as stupid. So maybe Steve they should have been fucking fine for that. that that's, like, my goodness. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the players to turn on the, to turn on the goons. And until that happens, until some of them start saying, "No, fuck this," and especially their team, their own teammates. Well, like John Scott elbowed him in the it, head, clear as day, and he was just like, eh, "I didn't do anything wrong." But today he like, said he felt really bad about it. Yeah. But then again, yeah. I'm, I'm really mad. <laughs> I'm really mad at the NHLPA anyway because the uh, the Coletta appeal. Bettman placed his ruling on that, and I didn't know that that part of the NHLPA's appeal of the Coletta suspension was that Jack Johnson put himself in a position to be hit like that. And I think that's uh, completely irresponsible for the NHLPA to to make that argument. It's basically in order to defend Patrick Coletta, this dirtbag shithole who doesn't fucking belong in the league, they essentially said, oh, it's the other guy's fault. And if if it's the NHLPA's job to stand up for the players and defend the players, then defending one by throwing another one under the bus is fucking chicken shit, and I'm I'm furious about that. As you could see. So, I agree. Uh, I did have a non-angry question to ask. Now, you I don't know if you guys covered this while I was missing in action, but. The next time we do this podcast, likely maybe next Thursday, uh, Helm could be back. Eves should be back. Who's gone? Like, Helm's growing. Yeah, I can't envision a an earth where Darren Helm plays hockey again. It's too hard, Jeff. I can't wrap my mind around it. I'm going to take Darren Helm. When Darren Helm comes back, Darren Helm will be the odd man out. Because <laughs> he'll still be there. I don't accept that answer. Uh, Drew Miller, probably, then. Drew Miller's going to get traded? Something like that, yeah. He's got some value, sure. Although we kind of lose one of our best penalty killers. 
Yeah, but you get your best one back. For a game. I think by this point, Drew Miller is, is a, a more trustworthy penalty. Right yeah. <laughs> I would I don't say... Know. Trade Miller, fine. I, th- I still think is going to go. Um, I just don't know why he hasn't yet. Other than I, I think GMs are are bending Ken Holland over, saying, fuck it, you're going to have to put him on waivers, and then we're going to claim him for free because we don't want to give you anything. Buffalo was really dragging feet. I really thought they would have traded for him by now. What if we, we talked earlier that, you know, if Samuelson waived his no-trade clause or kind of asked for a trade because he realized he's not going to play or they told him he's not going to play, who would take him, we asked. Well, what if Holland packaged Samuelson after Samuelson waives his no-trade clause with Brendan Smith? And actually got a decent return. So we get a, we get a fourth-rounder. Yeah. Then it solves everyone's – there would be no one to hate on anymore because you get rid of Samuelson and Smith. So we'd have a much happier fan so. base. One too many forwards. Ah, you can just wave someone, I guess. I don't know. Just wait. Yeah. Wait for another injury. It'll happen. I don't know. No, I still think 2 is going. And I think that we're going to get shitty return, but he'll be gone. Um, see, I really don't know about the second one, if, if both Helm and Eves, because the thought was that Eves was going to be the guy on the chopping block. I mean, I guess they could wave Eves, and pro- I don't think anybody's going to claim him if they do. Um, I, I don't necessarily want that to happen, but whatever it's going to take to get uh, Gustav Nyquist up with the Red Wings sooner rather than later, I'm not. I'd like I want Helm back, but I want Nyquist up. Uh, Who, by the probably way, probably more than I want Helm back. He's hurt anyway, though. Nyquist, that is. He's not playing this weekend. Just an FYI. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I guess Holland was on the new Detroit sports radio station with Matt Derry today. And he said they're trying to do what they can to get Nyquist up, but he is out with an undisclosed injury and will not be playing this weekend. Hmm. So, even if they wanted to replace Saturday, if they could somehow figure out the cap situation, I don't think he could. Probably out with a broken heart. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So should we skip the number six on the rundown? I don't know. What is number six? Final hockey-related thoughts. Uh, I don't have any of those. I think we covered that. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts in general, non-hockey related? Who should the Tigers' next manager be? Um, Tyco. Any, just anybody that I haven't heard of, I'd be okay with being a manager. If it's somebody I've heard of, it's probably for bad reasons. It's gonna be like Tori McClendon. They should bring Alberta in. Or Brandon Inge. Tori Lavula. (laughs) Prince Fielder. 
I still stand by my idea that Twitter should be the, the Tigers' next manager. <laughs> Twitter poll: Who should come in next? Who should pitch to uh, you know to um, Albert Pujols? Twitter poll. That'd be uh, Albert Pujols sucks. So it could be it could be I, I could pitch for the Tigers and get Albert Pujols out. Mm-hmm. And Twitter would vote for you, and you'd have to go. Exactly. See, this is a brilliant idea. Also, Twitter would get ejected every single game for arguing with the umps. <laughs> <laughs> we should replace Twitter with Mike Bab or Mike Babcock with Twitter. <laughs> Replacing Twitter with Mike Babcock would be cool too. We'll just all follow him with sharpies and just write shit on him. <laughs> all right, we should say goodbye then. Goodbye. Bye. Bye then. It's been Morgan and Motown Radio. That's a song, I hear it. That means shut up. I like the fade in, that was nice. I'm learning how to use the control. Almost like the Oscar, like we ran over or something. Oh, God, here it comes. I can suck. I'm winging it in Motown. I'm winging it in Motown.